Hello, my name is Hannah Bailey, and I'm a PhD student working under Dr. Hans Stein at the University of Illinois. Today, I'll be reviewing current data from our lab for Digestible Indispensable Amino Acid Score, or DIAS, as I'll be referring to it for the duration of this presentation, that have been determined for human foods. The DIAS methodology was developed by the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations, or abbreviated FAO, and you can see their logo in the bottom left-hand corner. Prior to DIAS, the FAO had developed the Protein Digestibility Corrected Amino Acid Score, or abbreviated PDCAS. In 2013, DIAS was announced as the successor of PDCAS with three new human amino acid reference patterns developed and the recognition of the growing pig as the more appropriate model for humans compared with the rat. The main differences between the PDCAS and DIAS methodologies are as followed. The PDCAS methodology uses rat fecal digestibility values, whereas DIAS uses pig ileal digestibility values. This is important because as we know, amino acids are completely absorbed by the end of the small intestine. In addition, when analyzing protein in the feces, the value will be overestimated due to the effect of microbial protein. Also, the FAO has determined the pig as a superior model to the rat when evaluating protein digestibility for humans. Secondly, PDCAS uses a single crude protein digestibility value, whereas DIAS utilizes the digestibility of each individual amino acid. This is important because amino acids differ in their digestibilities and requirements differ for each individual amino acid. Thirdly, DIAS no longer requires values greater than 100 to be truncated. This enables the identification of complementary proteins, which I will give an example of later on in this presentation, as well as the determination of DIAS for mixed diets. Lastly, PDCAS uses one reference scoring pattern for children 2 to 5 years of age, whereas DIAS uses three reference scoring patterns, one from birth to 6 months, 6 months to 3 years, and one for children older than 3 years, adolescents, and adults. Now, although DIAS has become more specific in its reference patterns, it still fails to recognize the different amino acid requirements for pregnant and lactating women, the elderly, and the malnourished population. As I mentioned, the FAO has identified the pig as the most appropriate model when determining protein digestibility for human foods. To determine DIAS in the pig, we first have to determine the standardized ileal digestibility, or SID, of amino acids for a particular ingredient. We do this by first surgically inserting a T cannula into the distal ileum of the pig. The T cannula is shown in the image on the left, and these can vary in size depending on the weight of the pig. The pig responds very well to the surgery, and as you can see by the picture in the middle, the pig is upped and acting natural with no irritation around the surgical site. During experimental periods, we allow the pig five days of adaptation to the diet and two days of collection. During the collection days, ileal digesta are collected for nine hours each day, and this is done by removing the caps and securing a 250 milliliter plastic bag to the cannula barrel via zip tie, and the ileal digesta flowing into the bag are collected. The bags are removed when filled with illodigesta, or at least once every 30 minutes, and immediately stored at negative 20 degrees Celsius to prevent bacterial degradation of amino acids. Now let's move on to how we actually calculate DIAS. First, we analyze the concentration of amino acids in the test ingredient in milligram per gram of crude protein. Then, as I previously explained, we feed this test ingredient to a cannulated pig and collect the illodigesta for two days. 
This ileal digesta is then analyzed for amino acids to enable the calculation of SID of amino acids in the test ingredient. These two steps complete the lab and animal work that is required for dias, and the rest of the steps in determining dias are simply calculations. Next, the concentration of amino acids in the test ingredient are divided by the SID of the same amino acid in the test ingredient, resulting in the concentration of digestible indispensable amino acids in the test ingredient in milligram per gram of crude protein. The concentration of digestible indispensable amino acids are then divided by one of the three reference scoring patterns, resulting in the calculation of digestible indispensable amino acid reference ratio. And the amino acid with the lowest ratio, the first limiting amino acid in the test ingredient when compared to human amino acid requirements, is what determines the dias for the test ingredient. Once a food item has an established dias, a nutrition claim may be made about the food item's protein quality. The FAO has established two protein claims that can be added to a food item's label based on its determined dias. If the dias is greater than or equal to 100, the food item can be claimed as an excellent source of protein for that specific age group. For a food item to be claimed as a good source of protein for a specific age group, its dias needs to be between 75 and 99. And if a food item has a dias less than 75, there can be no claim made about its protein quality. These dias ranges are important because a dias greater than or equal to 100 indicates the potential of that protein to complement lower quality proteins, and I will give an example of this later on in the presentation. Since the establishment of dias in 2013, many proteins have been analyzed and assigned a dias. For example, our lab has determined dias for a number of cereal grains, plant proteins, and dairy proteins. In addition, we have determined dias in different cuts of pork and beef that have undergone different processing methods. Dr. Mohan's lab in New Zealand has determined dias for one specific muscle cut of beef that underwent different processing methods. So it is very important to analyze different processing methods that animal proteins or any food for that matter may undergo because humans rarely eat raw meat or raw beans or even raw nuts. I mentioned that since 2013, a number of proteins have been assigned a dias, and I will give a few examples of those here for persons older than three years. The animal proteins are shown in blue, the plant proteins are in orange, and cereal grains are in gray. Animal proteins, for example, milk, whey, and beef, generally have dias greater than 100, and if you recall, a dias greater than 100 means these proteins are of excellent quality and may be able to complement food items with lower quality protein. Plant proteins, for example, soy and peas, generally are observed having dias between 75 and 99. That means that these proteins generally are good sources of protein. Now, the cereal grains, for example, oats, rice, and corn, generally have dias less than 75 and therefore need to be complemented by a higher quality protein in order to supply adequate amounts of amino acids to humans. It is important that when we are determining dias for different food items, that these items are analyzed in the form that humans commonly consume them in. This is because processing, specifically heat processing, can denature and aggregate proteins, making them unavailable for digestion, absorption, or metabolism in the body. In the diagram on the left, adapted by Patel and colleagues in 2015, we see a native whey protein that is folded in its quaternary form. When heat is added, these proteins start to unfold or denature around 70 to 90 degrees Celsius. 
Denaturation may actually be beneficial to the protein's bioavailability because unfolding will increase the surface area of the protein, giving more space for enzymes to act on and digest the proteins. However, if even more heat is added and the protein reaches temperatures greater than 100 degrees Celsius, they will start to refold and aggregate into forms that enzymes cannot digest or that the body cannot absorb and utilize. The extent of protein denaturation and aggregation largely depends on the protein type and the cooking temperature and duration. The last few years, our lab has focused on determining dias in a number of food items consumed by humans. Today I'll be talking about three specific experiments that we conducted. Experiment 1 was conducted to determine the PD-Cas and dias of pistachio nuts and to also assess the effect of roasting on the protein quality of pistachio nuts. For experiment two and three, we focused on meat and determined the dias in a number of pork and beef products. We also wanted to assess the effect processing has on meat products. Jumping into experiment one, many types of nuts are roasted or processed prior to consumption. However, the protein quality of only a few nuts have been evaluated and the effect of roasting on protein quality had only been evaluated in one type of nut. The chart on the right shows the nuts that have an established PD-CAS or dias and the animal model that they were determined in. The top four nuts, almonds, Brazil nuts, cashews, and peanuts, were all evaluated in the rat model and have PD-CAS values of 60 to 70, with the exception of cashews that have a PD-CAS of 90. Peanuts, in their roasted form, also have a dias of 43. Pistachio nuts shown on the bottom of the chart were evaluated in our lab using the pig model where we assess the effect of roasting. One batch of pistachio nuts were in their raw form and the other batch was roasted to 115 degrees Celsius, which took approximately 30 minutes. The SID of amino acids was determined in the cannulated pig and then the dias was calculated. The graph on the left shows the SID of a few indispensable amino acids with the orange bar representing raw pistachios and the blue bar representing roasted pistachios. As you can see, the SID of all amino acids shown was greater in raw pistachio nuts than in roasted pistachio nuts. For PDCAS and DIAS, shown in the graph on the right, roasted pistachio nuts had a PDCAS of 81, which was actually greater than raw pistachio nuts that had a PDCAS of 73. And the first limiting amino acid that decided the PDCAS was threonine in both nuts. For dias, we see the opposite. Raw pistachio nuts had a dias of 86, which was greater than roasted pistachio nuts that had a dias of 83. And the first limiting amino acid that determined the dias was lysine for both nuts. So in summary, based on the dias for pistachio nuts, they can be considered good quality protein sources. And the first limiting amino acid that determined PDCAS was threonine, and lysine determined dias for both pistachio nuts. For processing, we observe that roasting reduced the SID of amino acids and therefore reduced dias and protein quality. Controversially, PDCAS was not reduced by roasting and one is unable to account for the decreased amino acid digestibility due to heat damage. For experiments 2 and 3, we evaluated the protein quality of pork and beef. These animal proteins are important because in 2017, pork was the most widely consumed meat in the world and beef was the third most widely consumed meat in the world. The experiment was conducted to test the hypotheses that both pork and beef products have dias greater than 100 and that processing will increase the dias of these products. 
For pork, we analyzed three different cuts, the pork belly, pork ham, and pork loin. Within each cut, we analyzed three different processing methods. For the pork belly, we analyzed it in its raw form as a cured and smoked product, but still uncooked, and as a cured, smoked, and fully cooked product. For the pork ham, we analyzed it in its uncured form, cured with celery salt, and cured with prog powder. In addition, all of these pork hams were fully cooked to approximately 73 to 74 degrees Celsius. For the pork loins, we wanted to evaluate the effect that temperature may have on protein quality, so analyzed loins were cooked to 63 degrees Celsius, 68 degrees Celsius, and 72 degrees Celsius. Moving on to the results for pork, for the sake of time, I'm only going to show dias results determined for persons older than 3 years, but please note that the results for children 6 months to 3 years follow the same trends. And dias for the age group birth to 6 months was not determined because this group does not commonly eat meat products. For the pork bellies, the smoked cooked belly had the greatest dias of 142, while raw belly had a dias of 119 and smoked belly had a dias of 117. For the pork hams, the ham cured with celery salt or the alternatively cured ham had the greatest dias of 133. However, I want to point out that the conventionally cured ham with prog powder and the alternatively cured ham had numerically greater dias than the uncured ham, suggesting that curing may increase the protein quality of these hams. For the pork loins heated to different temperatures, the loin heated to 63 degrees Celsius had the greatest dias of 139, whereas the dias for the 68 and 72 degrees Celsius loins did not differ. The amino acid and least concentration when compared with the amino acid requirements for persons older than 3 years and that ultimately determined the dias for all these pork products was valine. For this experiment with the pork products, we were able to conclude that based on the dias, all of these pork products can be considered excellent quality protein sources for the specific age group. In addition, the amino acid and least concentration when compared with the human amino acid requirements was valine for all products. For processing, we can conclude that overheating may reduce dias as we observed in the pork loins. In addition, there may be a positive effect of curing and moderate heating on dias, as observed with the pork hams and loins, respectively. Moving on to the beef experiment, we analyzed eight different beef products. Again, we looked at three types or cuts of beef ready to eat products, ground beef, and ribeye roast. Within each cut, we evaluated different processing methods. For the ready-to-eat products, we evaluated salami, bologna, and beef jerky. For the ground beef, we evaluated it in its raw form and fully cooked form. For the ribeye roast, they were heated to different internal temperatures similar to how the pork loins were heated. We evaluated the ribeyes heated to 56 degrees Celsius, 64 degrees Celsius, and 72 degrees Celsius. Now moving on to the results. Again, I will only show the results for dias calculated for persons older than 3 years, but we saw similar trends for dias calculated for children 6 months to 3 years, and no dias was calculated for infants from birth to 6 months. Looking at the ready-to-eat products, bologna had the greatest dias, however salami and beef jerky also had a dias well above 100. We observed something different with the ground beef. The cooked ground beef had a dias less than 100, and the raw ground beef had a very high dias of 121. Because the beef was ground prior to heating, the surface area of the product increased, causing greater heat damage to the proteins and resulting in the significant decrease in dias for cooked ground beef compared to raw ground beef. 
For the ribeye roast, the ribeye heated to 64 degrees Celsius had the greatest dias, and if you recall, the pork loin heated to 63 degrees Celsius also had the greatest dias among the heated loins, suggesting that moderate heating of intact meat may increase the protein quality of these products. The amino acid and least concentration, when compared with the amino acid requirements for persons older than 3 years, varied slightly among products. Leucine was the amino acid in least concentration for bologna and the two ground beefs. Sulfur amino acids were in least concentration for beef jerky. And valine was the amino acid in least concentration when compared with human amino acid requirements for salami and all ribeye roasts. For this experiment, we concluded that based on dias, these beef products are generally excellent sources of protein and the amino acids in least concentration when compared with the human amino acid requirements are leucine, valine, and sulfur amino acids. Based on processing, there was a negative effect of grinding and overheating on dias. In contrast, there was a positive effect of curing, drying, and moderate heating on dias. Moving on to protein complementation, if you recall, I mentioned that food items with a dias greater than or equal to 100 indicates the potential of that food item to complement a lower quality protein. This concept is especially important for developing countries that rely heavily on cereal grains, which supply low quality protein or an unbalanced pattern of amino acids. This slide gives an example of how two proteins can complement each other. The bar graph shows the digestible indispensable amino acid reference ratios for amino acids for cooked ground beef and polished white rice. If you recall, the cooked ground beef evaluated in the beef experiment had a dias of 99, and polished white rice has been previously evaluated and assigned a dias of 64. Rice is a cereal grain, so we know it is first limiting in lysine, which is the bar in gray with a red star above it. In contrast, beef has a greater concentration of lysine, gray bar with a red star, resulting in a reference ratio well above 1 or 100 for lysine depicted by the red line across the bar graph. However, the cooked ground beef has low concentrations of leucine and valine, which are depicted by the light brown and dark brown bars respectively with the yellow star above it. But looking at the polished white rice, the reference ratio of leucine and valine are above 1 or 100. Therefore, when we combine these two products together, the amino acid pattern will complement each other and result in a dias greater than 1 or 100 for this mixed meal. Now, it's important to point out that dias does not take into consideration quantity. So if a human consumes a spoonful of this mixture, it is most likely not meeting 100% of their amino acid requirements. However, dias does show that this food combination supplies a balanced amino acid pattern. Overall, we can conclude that generally animal proteins have dias greater than 100, plant proteins have dias between 70 and 100, and cereal grains have dias between 30 and 70. Curing and moderate heating of pork and beef may increase the protein quality of the end product, while roasting nuts may decrease amino acid digestibility and therefore decrease dias. The animal proteins such as pork and beef may be used to complement lower quality proteins to ultimately have a mixed meal that is balanced in indispensable amino acids. However, more work is needed in this area. There should be further investigation of the effect that processing has on the protein quality of human foods. We need to continue to expand the DIAS database for individual human foods using the growing pig. 
and we need to move forward in determining the additivity of diast in order to calculate the protein quality for mixed meals instead of just individual food items. With that, I would like to thank you for listening to this presentation, and if you'd like to know more about this topic or know more about nutrition in general, I would encourage you to visit our website at nutrition.ansci.illinois.edu. Thank you.